be seated. Uh, Merry Christmas, Merry Hanukkah, whatever, man. I'm not really a Christmas person in in gym. My, my wife loves Christmas. Uh, I was just telling uh, Brother Brian out there in, on the ship in the middle of the ocean. I mean, I never really, when I was a kid, you know, we found all the Christmas presents and my dad would hide them out in the, in, the old uh, uh, station wagons. They used to, the back seat would fold down. They had a place back there. He'd hide all the stuff. Would you? Oh, you want to? Oh, you got the letter. Oh, no, 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 no. I don't. I don't. All right. Tonight, tonight, we're going to do something different. Well, you know, it is Christmas time, and I try to act surprised. Oh, <laughs> Jerry, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm so glad you're up here. You're, are you preaching your, your folks love you, <laughs> and to show that, they uh, gave you this Christmas gift. Oh, man, you guys don't have and to. You, uh, but you have to share it with your wife. Why? Now, wait a second. All year, she gets everything. First of all, she the check that y'all do give me, which I appreciate. Don't believe I can't even begin to tell you, brother. Thank you very much. You want to step well, thank, and preach? Thank you, people. Thank you. Well, I was getting yeah, ready yeah. to. But I'm glad you, you're starting to act like my wife, man. You tell me what to do, too. <laughs> but, uh, but really, I tell you, I got the best job in the whole wide world, if it is a job. Uh, like I said, Monday, I, I just I chose Monday to go over and get that. Beth thought I was crazy. And my mom thought it was crazy, and, and I didn't tell nobody because I thought, figured you'd think I was crazy too. But just to jump on a plane at a whim and fly to Denver to go to Utah and with absolutely no clue on what's going to happen along the way. You have no idea how the, you're just hoping everything works just exactly how it's supposed to. And if it does, it will fly. It'll work. So I fly into Denver, get a rental car. They give me this nice yellow Jeep, a brand new yellow Jeep, 45 bucks a day, man. This is cool. Four-wheel drive. I go up through the Rocky Mountains. I'm taking pictures all the way through the Rocky Mountains. I'm thinking Rocky Mountains. I'm thinking Rocky Mountains are over there next to California. That's Sierra Nevadas. The Rocky Mountains are. Right. I should have known that. You know, John Denver. Rocky Mountain high in Colorado. I should have realized that that it was in Colorado. Is that's where it's at? And uh, so, but I'm telling you, brother, I get to. It isn't. There was no preaching. I didn't get to no preaching. But I, you guys, allow me the freedom that I can do stuff like that from time to time. And still get back for Wednesday night. I drove all the way from there to here to get back to church. Got it at 1 o'clock last night. I uh, picked up the truck. There's a long story behind that. I had to do it. But, Brent, I'm telling you what, I got a privilege. Like Samuel, you get to work in the church. You get to do some other things. And I am, I am thankful that I've ever, if, if the Lord told me tomorrow to turn this over to somebody else, I'd turn it over in heartbeat and walk away from it. Uh, my only thing is I hope they would let me stay in the background somewhere where I could just be part of the church. Uh, it is, it's a blessing to be able to serve God because what he did at Calvary is one thing, but be, come, could you imagine, he, if you understand any, any way of a woman having a baby, it starts out with an egg inside of a woman that has to drop, and then the man comes in, the seed is implanted. In this case, it didn't happen that way with Jesus Christ. The Holy Ghost overshadowed her, and she was totally different. I heard a, a, a preacher preach about that on the way back here because I was listening to stuff all the way across, but he was talking about how Joseph's mom, or Mary's mom and dad probably thought, hey, what is up with this? She's coming in, she, she's pregnant. And she's supposed to be a virgin. Joseph thinks she's supposed to be a virgin and all that stuff. And you sit there and listen to all that. And he come and, and God, God placed himself into a, a, a womb of a woman as an embryo. God. Now we're talking about, all you have to do, coming through those Rocky Mountains, the moon shining, the stars, and the sky, it got down to 11 degrees when I peeked over the top of them and started coming down the other side. It went from 46 or 7 down the bottom to 11 at the top. And I'm sitting there going, Lord, all of this is yours. 
Every bit of it, as far as the eye can see, it's yours. You created it all. As a matter of fact, you created me. Everything you did, the processes that you laid in place is what we have here today. And I'm looking at all that stuff as I'm traveling through there and drop down the other side. You get a, I thought it was in John Wayne territory when we got on the other side because it looked like Indians were going to come out and scalp you and all that other stuff. And you get down there and you look at all the little mountains coming up and the hills coming out and just the things down through there and you're sitting there going, Lord, this is all yours. The variety, the variety of everything on this planet is God's. And I said, you placed yourself in the womb of a woman. And then I said, you went nine months. You let her carry you for nine months. Boy, I bet you there was a bunch of angels around her. And then she comes into Bethlehem. And then you work that whole thing out to get her into Bethlehem where she can have that baby. And then in a manger. See, we strive to have everything in this world. I come through those cities every time I go out there. The biggest blessing I get or the, the thing I enjoy more than anything is coming through these cities and watching what I see through these mains. Because I shoot right down through them. I don't go on the outskirts. I want to go right down through them. Coming through Dallas, uh, St. Louis, uh, Kansas City, Kansas City, Kansas, uh, Denver. I don't care where you go, any of those big cities down through there. And you just see all the people hustling and bustling all around, scurrying around. And you wonder where God's at in any of that. He's nowhere around none of it. We have been pulled into this world so bad that we're sucked in and we think this is part of it. And he's in a manger. That's where he's born at, this little bitty manger, with donkeys and cows and chickens and, and everything else. You looking at me? Okay, cool. Is this on? Test you one. Yeah, it is. Probably got to move it up some. Now I'll mess him up again. But he's born in a manger. He does not care one thing about what the outside world thinks about him. You ever get to that place, you're free. You're free. You're free when you get to the place where stuff is no longer has a hold on you. I'm perfectly happy with that truck I got. It's a 2010. I got it for 4000 That's why I went and got it. You say, what does this all have to do? It has to do with I am tired of stuff. I'm tired of the world getting stuff and getting a hold of me and saying, I've got to have this and I've got to have this. I don't have to have none of that stuff. My Lord and Savior who created it, he didn't need it. And if he didn't need it, why do I? Brother, I'm telling you what, this world's crazy right now. Every one of these cities you come down through, you see that thing. And I'm thinking in a manger in Bethlehem, that's where he chose before the foundations of the world to be born. To a woman and a man that was going to take care of him as a little baby. Then as a baby, she's got to take care of my, my daughter's got, got some babies. Andrew's got a couple young girl, kids now. And uh, Joe and, and Paige's got some young kids. And, and Jonathan, and, and they got a little boy now. And then Elizabeth comes up with a little baby now. And you just watch them from that stage all the way up to the time that they're 8, 9, 10 years old to where they can take care of themselves. Mary and Joseph took care of him. God allowed two people to take care of him. You know what a blessing that is? That God would entrust himself. Not that he needed them anyways. Because he could have had a couple angels. He could have, what's that story about the wolf? Uh, how about, uh, well, what's the guy that goes in the jungle book? Jungle book little guy gets taken care of by a bear and a gun. He could have had animals take care of him. He didn't need them. He didn't need them. Yet he allowed them to be part of that. And then it goes on down through there. And he gets 12 years old all the way through. And then take your Bibles. Take your, oh man, we'll start that today. But thank you, church. Thank you. I can't even begin to thank you enough. Uh, I'm telling you, it, uh, I just no possible way. Uh, anybody who gets to a place, if, if you've never got to that place where you understand it, I was alone one time all by myself. And I served Jesus Christ by myself. I was willing to serve him by myself. I didn't care about uh, any notoriety. I still to this day don't care about notoriety. I don't need uh, people to allow me to come into their churches to preach. I got you guys. Y'all still come. I mean, I've been trying for 15, 16 years to run y'all off, and you still come. 
And it just, it boggles my mind that you do, but you do. And I try to keep it as simple as I can. And I'm not the greatest preacher in the world. I was talking to a brother of mine down in uh, Missouri yesterday. And as I was talking to him, we sit there going back and forth, just laughing at each other. And you sit there and say, hey, Lord, what is this? It's just you, you have fun. When you get to the place where you realize the ministry is serving Jesus Christ, it isn't about money, it isn't about status, it isn't about anything, and how I am compared to somebody else, it doesn't matter. You know what the Lord give me? A place to take care of a few sheep. And he says, Mike, can you take care of a few sheep? Yeah, yeah, I can do that. This is what I care about. I really don't care about anything else on this planet. I care about what's happening right here in Dayton, Ohio. I've got to do other stuff. I got it. But I appreciate you guys letting me do it. And you give me some money on the side to take care of it. But the Lord takes care of me. And I, I mean, you watch all that he does, and then you get to the place where, hey, he'll take care of me. I watch him take care of my kids as they come up through there. I watch some of them, Esther should have died. They told me, doctors, bunch of them, she's going to die or have a liver transplant. She had neither. She's here tonight. Just as mean as, as she can ever be, but she's here. And you say, what is that? That's God. You know what you do? You learn that over a period of years. You know what's wrong with most of us? We never learned it. We just live our lives as fast as we can every day, and we never let God get a hold of it. And you're standing on the side of the ship, and you're sitting there crying out, saying, God, I don't have nobody. He goes, yeah, you got me. What's wrong with that? I said, yeah, that's true. He said, let's go ahead and fix something. And you go back inside. And day after day turns into weeks, and weeks after weeks turn into years, and years turn into decades, and you still ain't got nobody, and you think that's okay. And then one day the Lord says, hey, how about this one? And how about this? And how about this? And after 42 years watching him do what he does, you know what you do? You learn how to trust him. People say, I want faith. Faith is substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is developed one step at a time. And you've got to get to the place where faith is what it is. We're looking at the mysteries of God. And tonight, I'm going to look at the rapture of the church. It's actually called the color. Take your Bibles go to 1 uh, Corinthians chapter 15. Brethren, I'm telling you, you're talking about the best Christmas script in the whole wide world. This is it right here. The birth of Jesus Christ, and I said that Sunday morning, the birth of Jesus Christ, the death of Jesus Christ, the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the greatest thing that ever happened to this planet. But if, if, it, if it doesn't reach the sinner, the lost sinner, it doesn't do him any bit of good. If a person doesn't get to the place where they're saved and secure and they know they're heading out of here when the Lord comes back and gets them, then, and that should be always on your mindset. Your mind should always be that, hey, the Lord... I, I told Beth, I said, I may not get back here. I said, I could go up through the Rocky Mountains. The rap, I was 11 degrees at the top. I don't know. I was like 9,000 feet up or whatever it was. I'm not sure how. But it's 11 degrees. And right there is probably the closest I was to the Lord in a long time. <laughs> but he could have come back right there and I, pip, I'm gone. Uh, at any moment, I, I could be gone at any moment. And anybody can have what I got when I leave. I don't really care. Uh, we looked at, we looked at the, the church and everything else. But now I want to look at the... The rapture. The rapture is a mystery. Brethren, God gives that to us. It's a gift. 1 Corinthians 15, 51. Paul is talking. Paul is one of your greatest, uh, he is the greatest Christian alive. Uh, when you pick up your Bible and you start reading stuff, Paul is the one who makes you understand. If you understand anything at all about your Bible, uh, what you, that, that is a gift from God. That is a gift. Uh, people, you could talk to them all day long. They don't understand what you're saying. They, they argue with you. I, I listened to some preachers on the radio last night, talk show hosts, and they were talking, and uh, Christian uh, radio, and, and people would call in and argue with them. And, and uh, then I read through Peter today and, and, uh, and through John, and it talks about uh, uh, arguing about dignitaries or yelling about dignitaries. Uh, you know what that is? That's a Republican in the Democratic Party. You say, well, I'm a Republican. I'm a Democrat. I don't care what you are. It doesn't matter. In Jesus, I'm a Christian. 
and I'm on Jesus' side, and I'm not on Donald Trump's side, and I'm not on uh, Bush's side, and I'm not on none of them guys' side. They have never done anything for us. Why would they do it now? Why would we trust them anyways? You know, why don't we just trust Jesus? I just like that part. 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15, 51. And this, this is what your whole life is about. If it is, if it is not here, then there, you need to stop and, and consider Christmas. Why did Jesus come and die? He didn't come to be born. He came to die. But he didn't come to just die. He came to rise again so that he could open a door to get me in heaven. That's what he came for. Uh, and he opened that door. He's going to set up a kingdom, and he wants me to walk through it, but each one of us has to. 15. 1 Corinthians 15, 51. He starts as, Behold, I show you a mystery. It's a mystery. If you got this, it's, it's a gift of God. Who sh- uh, we shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed. Man, what a blessing that is. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trump uh, shall sound, and the dead uh, shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For the corrupt... Uh, must put on incorruption, and the mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruption shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass, not now, then, the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? And O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death, uh, the, yeah, the sting of death is sin, and the, uh, the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Father, again, thank you for your blessings tonight. Bless the service, and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. I tell you what, it's all about Jesus Christ. It's always been about Jesus Christ. It always will be about Jesus Christ. It's not about anything else. Uh, what's wrong with a lot of us is we'll let this stuff get in our way, and it'll irritate us, and we'll get bitter, and then we'll start thinking about what somebody else has. Uh, you know, you, you shouldn't worry about what somebody else has. You shouldn't worry about what somebody else does. Uh, pray for them. But it's, it's none of your concern. I, I was telling my brother yesterday, I said, some of the biggest lessons in my life I've learned from my kids. And, and you got to get to the place, and some of you, I've got to get to the place where I let y'all live your lives. It's your life. It's not mine. I cannot guide and direct your life. That's what the Bible does. That's what the Holy Spirit does. That's God. I cannot do that. You could not do that for me. I, 1980 to 87, I had several good preachers, I mean 10 or 15 of them, try to guide and direct me, and I would not listen to them. You say, why? Because I knew what they said was right. I agreed with everything they mentioned. But the Lord did not tell me in my heart that that's what he wanted me to do. And I am not going to do something that I cannot get Scripture around that I can hold on to because one of these days I'm going to be by myself and I need that by myself for me to hold on to and not anything else. You know what that is? That's a gift of God. I can't guarantee all my kids are going to go to heaven. I can't get, well, they all say they're saved, so I, can, I can't even guarantee that. I don't know. They could be lying to me. I have no idea. I know what I did on the back porch in Louisville, Kentucky in 1980. I know I'm saved. Uh, I know my wife is saved. You say, how do you know that? Because the Lord told me she was. How did he tell you? He told me I better watch what I say about her. Is he going to beat me up? And I'm like, wait a minute. You're telling me she's one of yours? He said, I just told you you better watch what you say about her. Just a thought that goes to me. You say, well, you're just hearing things. Well, let's say whatever you want. It's worked for me for 32 years. Me and my wife will be married uh, the December the 28th, 32 years. And you're talking about a long 32 years for her. Uh, I cannot believe she has put up with me for 32 years, but she has. 
But as we're going through this right here, the mystery of the rapture of the church, the church we messed up, it should be the uh, catching away. Uh, go, to, go to Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. I, like, I just like the way the Bible puts stuff, and if we just stick with that, uh, it shows you how, uh, how hard or, or, or people do not want the truth in life. They just don't want it. Uh, if you've ever done much witnessing, uh, you'll find out. Uh, verse 13, uh, it says, But I would not uh, have you to be ignorant. First, 1 Thessalonians 4.13 But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, uh, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so... Them which also uh, which sleep uh, also sl which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive uh, and remain shall be caught up. Now that's the rapture right there. The word the term is caught up. Uh, you'll have people out there say, well, the word rapture doesn't show up in the Bible. Of course it doesn't. Okay, the, words, the term is caught up. Yeah, but the word rapture don't show Look, look, look. Whoa, stop. The term is caught up. Okay, let's, let's stop everything. Throw the word rapture out if you have a problem with that. Throw that word out. And let's go with the word, the phrase that the Bible. No, 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 no. The rapture doesn't exist in the Bible. And that's where their mind is. They're trying to disprove the rapture by a word that don't show up in the Bible. That's our fault. It's a mystery to them. They don't understand it. You know what it is to us? It's a gift. I don't know about you, but I'm excited about that. The older I get, the more excited. I was reading one of Dr. Rookman's commentaries, and, and he was talking about dying. And he said, the worms won't. He said, if the worms eat me, he said, the Lord knows how to put them all back together. And he was talking about this little boy. He said, he goes, Mom, he goes, little boy, little, kids are the cutest thing in the whole world. But he was in there talking. He goes, this little boy came to his mom one day and said, Mom, is the Bible story true about Adam and Eve? She goes, yes. Well, is it true that God made Adam from the dust of the ground and, and breathed him breath of life and he became a living soul? She goes, yes, son, that's true. He, he was born, although uh, he made him on dirt and breathed in him and he became a living soul. But then it also says that he's going to go back to the dust. And she goes, yes, that's true. He will go back. And he goes, so when he dies, he'll turn back into dust again. She goes, yeah. She goes, will you come up to my room? He goes, there's somebody under my bed either coming or going. I don't know who it is. There's a bunch of dust under there. <laughs> and, I, you know, kids see that stuff, and they, 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 in their mind, they get it, and it plants in their head, but they really don't understand it. As you grow in the Lord, what you get is the rapture is the most, I mean, it is like the icing on the cake for us. I know that when I die, I'm going to go on the ground. But it says, absent from the body, present with the Lord. The, my soul and spirit will leave my body the moment they dump me in the ground. Or the moment I take my last breath, wherever that's at, that's where I leave. I check out, see you later, I go to heaven. But there's coming a day, we'll get into that in here a second. There's coming a day when the Lord's going to bring this thing back. He says, but I would not have you be ignorant, brethren. The disappearance of the body of Christ. Could you imagine that? The world is freaking out right now over this, this virus, this Omicron. Uh, and, and I heard a guy put it in perspective today. He goes, there is, he, he started throwing numbers like 2,200, 2,300 people dying every day of cancer. Uh, there's people dying every day of this and dying of that and dying of this and dying. And he goes, what we did is we've learned to live with all this other stuff, yet we can't live with this. 
We got to wear face masks. We got to do this. We got to do this. Well, people are dying of cancer every day, and they're dying of car wrecks every day, and they're dying of all this other stuff. Why don't we get rid of all this other stuff? And I'll tell you what, driving across the country for 23 hours, you hear a lot of people a lot across this country say a lot of crazy things. And I'm like, Lord, you know what it is? They're all trying to live another minute. And brother, we don't have to worry about that. We may live, we may live another 25, 30 years. Don't know. I said it might be 15 minutes. But no matter what it is, I have the Lord. I can hold on to the Lord. The, I, could you imagine? They said there's 2.8. Now, this is including Catholics and everybody. 2.8 billion Christians on the face of the planet right now. If it's one-tenth of that, if it's, if it's a, a million or two million, 10 million, 100 million Christians on the planet, if there was 2.8, could you imagine what this world is going to do when that many people leave? You think there's a crisis now? You wait till that. They're talking about they can't get enough workers now. Those are your workers. <laughs> You're going to lose all of those guys at one time. You're talking about a world collapsing, man. It's going to get insane. Uh, we haven't even seen the crisis that's getting ready to come yet. Sirens all over the place. Woo, woo, woo. You see them all over the place, man. It's just funny as anything. Then they'll, they'll want their police. Now they want the police back in these countries. Oh, that's crazy, crazy stuff. I ain't going to go there. First Thessalonians, the dead in Christ. It says, behold, I show you mystery. We shall not all sleep. All of us aren't going to sleep. Some of us are going to go up. Uh, First Thessalonians 4, 16, the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. I like this right here where it says, for the corruptible must put on incorruption. That's over in, in uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 53. For the corruption, for this corruption must put on incorruption. That means the, the, the dead person, the, the one who has passed away and is in the, in the grave, must put on incorruption. And it says, uh, so, so uh, when this corruption shall have put on incorruption, 54, then shall be brought uh, to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The death will no longer, death will not have a hold on the body anymore at the rapture. The body's coming up, if it's the Lord's, if it's, if it's part of the church, it's going out of here. Uh, the grave, grave will not have of victory. Death on me will not happen. I will get raptured out, gone up. The, the living will never see death. And the grave won't be able to have a victory over you anymore. Death won't have it anymore. It can't control it. Uh, Mary and Martha, she got that thing. She was, when you read the story of Mary and Martha, I like that story. I, I think it's one of the greatest stories in our Bible because Lazarus comes up after four days. What marvels me more than anything else is how Lazarus comes out of that tomb. Most people never stop. He was wrapped in grave clothes. That means he was elevated, levitating out of that grave. He could not come out of that grave on his own two feet. He was, he was wrapped in grave clothes from the foot to the top. Uh, and he, he comes out levitating. They have to take it off. Uh, Dr. Robert was talking about salvation. He, he mentioned this particular uh, passage, uh, Lazarus and, and Jairus' daughter that was dead. Uh, got the woman at Nain uh, in Luke there. And, and he come by. You, you know you cannot die around Jesus Christ. If you're dead when he comes and you're in him, you're getting up. You're going to get up. Uh, that ought to excite you. You say, well, I don't want to die. Why? I don't want to necessarily die either, but I do want to go to heaven. And you know what I realize? I've got to be changed to get there. So that is going to happen to me one day. But you're talking about a, a present? The Lord, uh, the night that he gave me that on the back porch to this day, 42 years later, I still marvel how he did what he did. I still, I still don't know how he's going to change me to get me. My mind cannot fathom how he's going to change me so I will be uh, corrected or appropriate to enter heaven. I don't understand how he's going to do that. I can't grab that in my human body, but he's going to do it. Martha, Martha said this in John eleven twenty three. 
Jesus saith unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. Martha, was, it's understandable. She was, her, her brother had passed away. They loved Lazarus. They knew Jesus loved Lazarus. Mary loved Lazarus and Jesus and Martha. And uh, Martha said to them, I know. And here's the difference. Sometimes we just know stuff or we heard it our whole lives. We know it, but we really don't believe it. We know that it's said and that it's part of what our religion teaches. And, and it may be settled in our hearts somewhat that, yes, I know this is going to happen, but we've never stopped to consider exactly what the Lord just said. Okay, she, and she goes on, she says, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Then you didn't realize who's standing right in front of you. Brother, I wonder if some of us tonight do not realize who we actually trusted. Do you actually realize who you trusted? You trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And it goes so far beyond just that basic trust. Uh, I have a life that I have lived with him for 42 years. I wouldn't trade it for anything in this planet. You keep everything here. I've got 42 years of being able to walk with him. 42 years of knowing that he knows every thought that goes through my head. 42 years that every action I've ever done, he's seen. He was right with me for 42 years. 42 years, and he still loves me. I just, I just, I, you, you see me smile and laugh when we're singing some of these songs sometimes. And you might actually see me laugh and smile at a, a point where you would think, why in the world are you laughing and smiling right there? Because I'm thinking about what he just did for me. And he, he continues to do it. I'm going to get out of here shortly. I'm going to go home. Mary says, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection of the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. She did not know it. He that believeth in me, watch this, though he were dead, that's the dead in Christ, yet shall he live. They're coming up. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. You're going to go up. If you get in him, the only thing you can do is look forward to the day he comes and gets you. Whether it's today, tomorrow, or 20 years from now, he's going to come back and get your body. Absent from the body. You're already going to be with him. You're not going to be here any longer. You're going to be there anyways. He's going to bring you back. That's the next thing, man. How's he going to put our body all back together? That's another one. First uh, Thessalonians 4.17, then we which are alive and remain. And that's the, the alive people, the, the ones that's going up. So at the rapture, it's a mystery to this world. They can't grasp it. They keep going for everything, all the gusto in this world. I'm, I'm going to keep going. I think, I think success is probably one of the greatest things that could ever happen to a person, and it could be one of the most dangerous things that ever happens to a person. If success gets to the place in your life where that now overrides everything you do, then you're going to be trying to get another buck. And it's another buck, another buck, another buck, another buck, another buck. Then you'll start buying stuff, and it'll force you to get another buck, and another buck, and another buck, and another buck. Very few people in this life ever get to a place where they're out there enough to where they now have what it takes to sustain their lifestyle. Very few people ever get to that place. I had a girl call me today. She called me all, that, all last night on the way back. I'm out in the middle of Colorado somewhere, and I get this call, and, and I don't know the phone number. So this morning I called back, and she's sitting, she said, I'm sitting at a gas station somewhere here in town, and I've got three kids in a ga car, and I need gas. I'm like, I don't know who you are. I said, I, I said, I got people in my church. I know who they are, and I got people I know who I can help. I said, but how do I know you're not a druggie looking for drugs? How do I know that you're not working for somebody who's putting you up to calling all these churches to get money? Emotionally, yeah. You say, oh, well, you should have helped her. No. How do I know I'm going to take God's money and not give it to a, a drug? I said, I said, then she goes, she goes, yes, I can't believe there's people like that that would do that. So when somebody like me calls and I need it, I can't get it. I'm sitting there going, what? 
I said, I said, do you go to church anywhere? She goes, yeah, I go to a church down in Florida. And I should have said, what are you doing up here? And uh, I said, well, you tried to call your church in Florida. She goes, yes, but they won't help me because they don't want to wire money and just give cash out. I'm like, okay. I said, do they have any affiliations of churches up here? No. Then, lady, I can't help you. You say, what is that? I got a bunch of people in church that you need to help. I know people. You, if you know people around you that need help, that's what you should be doing. But it's the church. Why do you do that? Because Jesus did it for you. Brethren, we are exposed to some stuff that we should know. He said, I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren. Sometimes we are ignorant to what goes on on this planet. We allow, why do you think the Lord killed everybody in, in Noah's day? All the people in Sodom and Gomorrah were not wicked to the degree that those men were that night at the angels. They weren't all that way. But they have tolerated sin for such a length of time and allowed it and then become numb to it and then never did nothing about it. You know what church should be about? It should be a place where you come to learn what to do and not to do and then let it have an effect of your life. And you know what will happen once it affects your life? It will affect others. He goes on here, talking about the rapture. Uh, Martha's sitting there saying, I, 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 I know he's coming up. He says he will come up. It's a difference in knowing. Brother, we, it's a mystery to this world. It's a mystery to Martha right here. Uh, the mother, a mother and her dead son, the woman at Nain, she was taking her son out. He had already been dead four or five days or some length of time, and they, they've already mourned him everything else. They're taking him out to the grave site, and Jesus walks by, touches him, and he gets up. And then you got uh, uh, Jairus' daughter. She was dead. Everybody laughed at, oh, he'll never come up. Oh, the, never do it. And Jesus walked in and raised her back from the dead. I liked it. And when I was listening to the doctor and he's talking about it, he said, salvation is one of the strangest things in life. We got people in different places. And he goes, all three of them cases are like salvation in a sense. And he goes, here's a boy. He's been dead for some amount of time. And he had to be helped off of the, the beer. Here's a young girl, she got, saved, she got uh, raised from the dead, and she got up and just started talking. And the boy got up and started talking, but needed some help. He goes, Lazarus was an older man. He says, well, in life, as you go older down the road and you get saved, sometimes people got to help you get the great clothes off of you. I mean, it just depends. It's the best thing to do is get saved when you're young. If you get saved when you're young, that'd be the greatest thing in the whole wide world. But if you get saved when you're older, just remember, it's going to cost you some things in life that you have to realize that life isn't as easy as it is, and there's some struggles you're going to have. However common you always have out in your future out there, one of these days the Lord's going to come back and he's going to change you just like that. Martha did not understand the resurrection. A lot of people here don't understand. The Lord gives us all through our Bibles pictures of the resurrection. He says, and this mortality must uh, put on immortality and the mortals shall uh, have put on immortality. He says, and this mortal shall put on immortality. Then shall be brought to pass the saying, O death, is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is thy sting? The sting of death will be gone. The day the rapture occurs, we're out of here. Just like that. No death. Uh, I think that would be fun. Uh, I, if I pass away before that day happens, I've, I've had a lot of friends that have gone on, older people that have gone on to be with the Lord. I've had some younger ones that went on. Brother Bobby here left not too long ago, went on to be with the Lord. Uh, you, you never know when that day is going to happen. I had a nephew, I think he was 12, 11 or 12, he passed away. His mother, uh, she was 33. She passed away. Same day, both of them did, and, and they both went home to be with the Lord. Uh, my dad was 67, 68, died, and went home to be with the Lord. Uh, they're coming up. There's, they're going to come a day when they come up, but there may be a day when the, you hear that sound out there. And, brother, we're gone. You don't have a Christmas present? That ought to excite you. This world should hold nothing to that. 
I got to live here. I I'll go out there, pick up a pickup truck. I come back, sell a few here, make a few bucks here and there. That's cool. That's great. That's not my main function. I am right now trying to get rid of everything I can so I can spend the, I told the Lord, I said, I, all the way out there back, I said, Lord, I don't have much time left. I don't want to waste it here. I don't want to waste it down here. Show me what I got to do so I don't waste it down here. And I'm telling you, brother, this world is, my kids all made it. And I still got to do, I think, I think personally, I said you, you should, number one, love Jesus Christ all your heart, all your soul, all your might. Number one, that's your number one job. My number two job is whatever he gives me, he gives me that, and I take care of that. My number three job is the church. That's, that's not even being a pastor. That's just being a Christian. And that thing should, none of that stuff, I shouldn't lose any of that. If he gives me kids, that's added to what he already gave me. I should not lose anything. If I, somebody said, well, you know, I can't do this because did you ever do it before? Yes. Did, when you did it, was it what you were supposed to do? Yes. Then you should never quit it. Ever, ever quit it. You know what the devil say? Well, you don't need to do that now. You need to do this over here because you hadn't. No, 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 no. If, if, then you're letting your life get out of whack. The, the principle of life should be Jesus first, I get saved, and then whatever he adds to me, I need to keep. So you know what I've tried to do for 42 years? Keep what he gave me. And you know what? It is a job to do that. Always looking for this day right here. I'm like, Lord, come and get me. I like Enoch. Sorry, Enoch. Enoch walked with God. After that, he go back to uh, uh, Genesis. I'll just look at a couple of these. And brother, I'm telling you what, man. Some of these guys in the Bible. Do you ever read your Bible and just look at the stories, or do you just read it and just say, "Oh yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's just a story back there somewhere"? And uh, no, man. God, have you ever put yourself in Enoch's place? I have. I'm like, man, Lord, I wish that could have been me. I wish I could have walked with you and talked with you. He said, you do. I said, yeah, but you know, like Enoch, man, he, he actually walked with you. He goes, how do you think he walked with me? How do you think he did that? I said, he said, do you think I came down on the planet and just walked with him? I don't know. He said, could I have just talked to him like I'm talking to you? I guess you could. He goes, Enoch walked with me for 350 years before the Lord took him. You say, well, what is that? That's the Lord, Lord doing what he said he's going to do. Enoch. Adam, Seth, Enoch, verse 11. Chapter 5, verse 11, Genesis. And all the days of Enos were 900 and... Oh, that's, not, that's the wrong one. Enoch, 23. All the days of Enoch were 360 and five years. And Enoch walked with God and was not, for God took him. I mean, just one day the Lord said, Hey, Enoch, it's no use you even staying down here anymore. You're not going to have any effect. There's coming a day when the Lord is going to come back. You say, What is the rapture? There's going to come a day when the Lord comes and says, it's, it's, I'm done. There is no more effect that you guys can have on this planet. We're done with it. And he's going to pull his church off of this planet. And we're going to leave. And those that we've had a privilege of helping will go too. And those that don't will make it. Most people will not preach on heaven and hell no more. Hell is a real place. And, and, and it's a real place in God's eyes. Who cares about what I think or how I don't, do not want to tell anybody? Hell is real. One day hell is going to be picked up and thrown into the lake of fire. And it's going to be there for all eternity. That's what the Lord said. Uh, Luke 16, the rich man says, in hell, well, the, the story goes, in hell, he opened his eyes. He has eyes, teeth, mouth, everything in hell. Well, guess what? In heaven, you're going to eyes, teeth, mouth, everything. Just like then. You know what our job is? To get them into heaven. If tonight, you ought to sit there and say, Lord, what does this mean to me? What does the rapture mean to me? What does my walk with you mean to me? It, it should mean everything. Enoch walked with God and was not because God took him. Uh, uh, Genesis 5.2. Uh, the Apostle John. 
in, in Revelation chapter 4, he said he looked up and beheld a door, and he, and he heard a voice that said, come up hither. He just went out. Uh, I'm telling you what, brother, it's one of these days. I like some of these old songs. What a day. What a day that will be. There's coming a day when, all, when no heartache shall come, no more clouds in the sky, no more tears to dim the eyes. The songwriters knew exactly what they were writing. All is peace forevermore on that happy golden shore. What a day, glorious day that will be. Is it glorious to us? It is to me. I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to this day more and more every day. Uh, I am trying to clean up my life and get everything happen. So if something happens to me, best taken care of. And I'm sorry, she's just going to have to stay. I'm out of here. You say, well, that's cruel and mean. No, I'm just preparing. And I'm also preparing if she leaves, uh, I'll be taken care of too. But she don't like that part. She keeps saying, well, I know what you're going to do. No, I'm not, man. I'll tell you what. I think I'm too old for most of that stuff anymore. What a day. There'll be no sorrow there. No, no sorrow in heaven. The rapture. People say, why, why do you want to believe in the rapture? I'm just tired of people hurting. I'm tired of seeing people, uh, I mean, just their whole lives upside down, and you, and you don't know how to correct it. I called brother, uh, uh, brother down in, actually he's in Tennessee, uh, and asked him if he, he went through that hurricane or that tornado that just went down through there. And uh, Brother Knowles, he said, no, he goes, brother, he goes, it, it went south of us in Arkansas, I believe, and did some damage, and it kind of went over top of us and landed back in Kentucky. And uh, we talked for a little bit down there, and I mean, it just, you start looking at just one day that thing hit down in Kentucky, and, and all those people passed away just, inst just instantaneously, just gone. And he goes, Mike, that thing was of God. I said, there's no, he said, I'm not saying God brought that to kill them. He goes, but all that stuff, the Lord has his hand in every bit of that. And there's no way, I mean, you can run over here and think you're running from something and you run right into it. It's appointed unto man wants to die. Well, if that's the case, what's going to happen to me when I die? I'm going to heaven. I don't know about you, man. I, I'm hoping you're going there too. Well, what a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. Man, I'll tell you what, that's, what a day. Uh, how about this one? I'll meet you in the morning. I'll meet you in the morning by the bright riverside. When all sorrows has drifted away. You know, I thought about it. I said, my kids are going to be sorry when I go. I think, I hope. Uh, I know I think my wife's going to be sorry when I go. She's done told me she's going to kill me if I die. Uh, but I mean, I'm sitting there looking at all this stuff. I said, but Lord, I said, I'll meet you in the morning. Uh, do we ever think I get to go see my dad over there? You know, my dad had a rough life on this side, but uh, he got the thing right at the very end. And he's in heaven tonight if what he said was true. And that whole thing changed. And he had a couple years to straighten some things out, but he didn't get it all straightened out uh, because he lived a long life in a mess. But boy, I tell you one of this, I can see him, get to see my granny. I can see some of my uncle, aunts and uncles and some people I led to the Lord over the years. I get to see some friends that have gone on, man. You know what, I, I'll tell you what, uh, Rex Harrison, I, I've never seen that. He's, he had, uh, I think, uh, polio when he was young or something, but he was on crutches and, and his hands were destroyed. Great piano player. Next time I see him, he won't be on crutches no more. Jerry's wife, she'll never, glory, she will not be laying in a, in a the only time I ever got to see her was she was coming to church. And coming to church, she was in a, a paraplegic chair. I'll never see her like, she's up there running around right now. I'm telling you, brother, the rapture's a real, it's a mystery to this world they don't understand. They're still trying to grasp everything down here and get everything down here. And in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, that thing could go away. Let me, I'll keep on going here real quick. Uh, the type of the body, the body can appear, buddy, you're going to get one that goes through walls. I disappear like that. Uh, get, can leave this universe in nanoseconds and come right back. Uh, the limitations of time will no longer affect that thing. Uh, I don't know about you, but boy, I tell you what, everything affects me anymore. I was really proud of myself. I, all the way from Missouri through Illinois and Indiana, they got White Castles. And I didn't stop one time. I was a man. 
I was strong. I wanted to, but I didn't. But there, I won't even care, man. I can eat all the White Castles I want. It won't matter. It's a great body, man. Uh, Jesus left, left us, this, this world, can't can eat food, can do anything, can travel through space and at the speed of thought. I like that. He, he just, I'm here, I'm there. The, the two on the road to Emmaus were sitting there talking to him, and he goes in, they, he, they convince him to come in, and he's in there talking, and then he just vanishes out of sight. Brother, there's coming a day when we're going get, to get something that is the greatest thing. Uh, you got aches and pains. My wife can't raise her arm too high. I've seen other people. They, I got aches and pains. I got out of my car last night after driving about 12 hours and couldn't hardly walk. Uh, that was just to get gas. I'm glad that the pump wasn't too far away. Uh, it was easy to just reach over and get it and then sit back in the truck. It just hurt. And you say, what? Well, it's just pain. Well, that, that's all going to be gone. It's a mystery. This world spends every dime they can. Get your booster. Get this. Get that. You got to do this. You got to do this. Your vax unvax. They're talking. They, oh, man, I heard you go to public radio if you listen to that much. Then people think that anybody that doesn't get a vaccination is out of their minds. You're crazy. You're, you're just like the Jews. That's where it sounds like it's getting to me, just like the Jews in, in Germany. They want to put a, a, something on you to say you're vaxxed or non-vaxxed. You can't, in, in New York, can't go in a restaurant unless you've got a little card or a little uh, passport that says that you've had your vaccinations. Brethren, this world is changing right in front of our eyes. You know what? Who cares? Because the Lord, is, that means he's coming back to get me. And this thing, it's a mystery to them. They're trying to live every moment. One more moment. One more moment. One more moment. I need one more moment. I don't care about the next moment. I'm going to do the next moment, what I'm supposed to do the next moment. And then after that, I'm going to go on. Can travel through space and time. Luke, I'm, here, go to Luke 19. Got three verses I'll read. And I'll stop. The rapture is getting ready. It's called the cat caught up. I'm going to be caught up. And them that are asleep in the grave will be pulled out of the graves that are the Lord's. Everybody else is going to stay there until the white throne judgment, but everybody that's his is going to be pulled out of the graves. They're going to come up, and we're going to go away. People say, well, you're crazy. I think you're insane not to believe that. Uh, if, if this world, if you really enjoy this world, I'll tell you what you do. Jump in a plane, fly out to Los Angeles, and, and drive from Los Angeles back across this country through every major city out there. And don't go around it. Go right dead through the city and try to go through it at nighttime. And you see the filth and everything there in these cities. And that's what our, our God is looking down on on this planet. And one of these days, he's going to call us out. When he calls the church out of here, do you realize how degraded this world is going to go just like that? There will be no more Holy Spirit on this planet as per se in the church. He will still be here moving throughout those, but... The presence of the Lord in his church is going to be gone. And this world is going to go down the tubes. But you know what? We won't care because we're going to be up in heaven at the marriage supper of the Lamb having a good time. And one day the Lord will call us back. Luke, Luke 19, 13. Luke 19, 13. A couple of verses. So what should we do in light of this mystery? You know, the Lord doesn't give us mysteries just so he can give it to us so we can sit down and do nothing with it. Uh, there has to be a purpose for it. Uh, it, it, it's to energize you. I tell you what, the last couple of years has been, I, I said that Sunday, it's been strange. Uh, there's so much stuff that is going on that I'm telling you, it's just strange. I'm getting ready for camp, uh, trying to get some stuff together. And I bought a freezer and uh, we go to camp and they have no freezers up there in the lunchrooms. And, and uh, so now up in Vermilion, I've, I mean, I don't send you and Jerry and Marianne up here because that's where y'all are from. Marianne, that's where you're from. But in Vermilion, there's a school up here that sold, I bought a three- yeah, the only thing I'm crazy, but I paid for it. church. You didn't pay for it. I did three door drawer, uh, three cabinet uh, freezer, uh, a Hobart freezer. I paid 500 bucks for, 
And every time we go to camp, they have no freezer space up there or anything else. I'm almost tempted to just donate it to the camp up there. So, because we use the camp and it's a blessing up there. But, uh, you know, you start getting ready for that and get all this stuff so that our ladies get up there and they can cook. You say, well, why would you do that? So, because I've got four or five ladies that go up there and cook for everybody there. And the easier you make it on them, the better it is for me to try to convince them to do it again this year. You say, why? Because they have to get up at oh dark 30, and they go to sleep at oh dark 30, and they're working all day long. And you say, what kind of fun is that? Well, we got a nice freezer. <laughs> Just remember, the rapture's getting ready to happen, and you get to get out of here. Luke, Luke 19, what, what do you do? You just get ready for the next thing. We may not even make it to the camp. That thing could all change, 1913. He says this, and he called his 10 servants and delivered them 10 pounds and said unto them, occupy till I come. How are you occupying? You know why he gives us the mysteries? Paul says, Paul is our apostle, and he goes through there and he says, uh, we're supposed to be stewards of the mysteries of God. And then you go through there and here's the mysteries. Uh, if all we do is just take the mystery in and, and store it in the back, back here like a library and we go on and do absolutely nothing with it, it doesn't do you a bit of good. You know if you're excited about, you know why people do what they do for the Lord? Because they get excited about a future with him. And that future with him is what makes them do what they do. I don't think, I don't think giving, you could give, this is the greatest time, he gave everything for us. But I don't, it's not giving money, just it's giving because you look at him inside of everything, and everything I have is his. I just think it's all his. I think if, if people say, why do you do what you do? Because I just think it's his. And if I'm going to do something for somebody, I think I should do it the best I possibly can. Why? I'm doing it for the Lord. It's a testimony's sake. It isn't to make five bucks. It isn't to do this. It's, it's for Jesus Christ. He said unto them, he gave, us, he gave me something 42 years ago. And he said, Mike, what are you doing with it? I said, Lord, I'm trying to take that pound and I'm trying to make a pound and have two pounds out of it so that when you come back, I can give you something back. That's what I want to do. I want to give you something back. What are you doing with what he gave you? Uh, Matthew 24, 44 says, Therefore, be ye ready, for in such an hour as you think not the Son of Man cometh. You don't know when he's coming. You don't know when he's going to take you. You can't say, well, if I ever get, I hear this all the time. Well, as soon as I get to the place where this, you may never make it there. So you know what you better do every moment of your life? Do that with Jesus Christ in light of the rapture, that you're in the catching away, the caught up, you're going to go out of here. And if you live 100 years, then praise God, you got 100 years of service. If you don't, he caught you when he comes back, and he'll say, well done, that good, faithful servant. Revelation 22, 20, he says this, he test, which testified these things, saying, surely I come quickly. He's coming quickly. Now, that, that was written... Nine, or, or probably 92, 93, maybe 94 A.D. by John, the, uh, John the Apostle. That's been 1,900 years since that was written, and he said, I come quickly. But in the light of eternity, 1,900 years is just a breath. It's like a vapor. My life is like a vapor. And it, it comes and goes just like that. 64 years, just about gone. And I'm thinking, Lord, it's over. And he goes, well, you might have 20 more. Okay, but that's just more, that's just, that's still the vapor up here just disappearing. I said, one of these days, he's going to take me out of here. And then I'm going to see how fast this thing went. Brethren, don't let this world take any of your time. We're sitting here with a time, and we're in the middle of a, a holiday season. And there's people that are lost and saved. And there's people that's lost and need to hear the story. They hear the story, but they need to see it in some people's lives. If they see it in our lives, and you, we're all around people all the time that see it in our lives. 
If they see it in your life, they might start questioning. I read another little uh, uh, story about a little boy, and, and he went to church with his mom, and he ends up getting saved. And he goes home and starts talking to his dad, and, and uh, tries, a little bitty boy. I mean, he's probably 8, 9, 10 years old, got saved. And uh, his dad just said, shut up, I don't want to hear that. I, I mean, I've heard that before. Shut up, I don't want to hear that. My dad used to tell me that all the time. Shut up, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. And the little boy just was praying, and mom got down because they went to church, and mom and, mom and boy was going to church, and the little boy sat there and said, praying, said, Lord, just save my daddy. Save my daddy. Save my daddy. Save my daddy. And uh, finally his dad was talking. His mom said, look, why does he keep saying that? He goes, where's he getting at it? Well, down there teaching down the church. Well, we're going to, and he was going to take him out of church. That's the worst thing you never do. But that's what he's going to do. And he kept doing it. So he stopped him from going to church. The little boy he kept praying night after night. Lord, save my daddy. Save my daddy. And his dad was some type of salesman, was out in a meeting out in some other state. And, and it's a big thing getting ready to go down. And, and he said, look, guys, I got to go, man. He said, I, you think I'm going to, you guys going to think I'm crazy, but I got to go. He goes home, gets his little boy, goes to church, trusts Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. And the little boy, they're baptized his dad. The little boy walks over and says, now my dad gets to go to heaven. And he's not going to go to hell, not because of baptism, but, but that was the second thing he did. He, what he did was he went down to that little church and he got saved. You know what that was? Just a little boy, a testimony. Brethren, we're at a place where this thing needs to be. Let me ask you a question. When was the last time you testified to somebody? When was the last time you told somebody about Jesus Christ with a tear in your eye, knowing that there, there's a possibility they're going to go to hell? When was the last time we actually looked at the people around us, whether it's family members or our neighbors or whatever, considering that they could die and go to a devil's hell and cared about them. That's what Jesus did for us. He came, and if we're going to become more like him, we're going to have to start thinking like him. And, brother, this time of year, is we're getting a Christmas day is Saturday. Christmas Eve is uh, uh, Friday night. Uh, we still have a couple of days that we can talk about Jesus, and we won't see each other till Sunday morning probably. But, brother, I'm telling you, right now is the perfect time. This world, the Lord gives us things in this Bible for us. And he teaches us things to keep us going on in life and not quitting and just excited. Father, thank you for your blessings tonight. Thank you for the, the thing called the rapture, the catching away, the mystery. It's one of the mysteries, Lord, that you gave us. Lord, the first time I heard about it, Lord, I, I was intrigued. And, and over the years, Lord, I just got more and more in my life than we're now. I'm, I'm thinking about it on a daily basis constantly. Lord, one of these days, this is going to go, uh, it's going to come down, and you're going to come back to the clouds. And somebody said, how? My mom said the other day, how can everybody on the planet see you at one time? Oh, we'll see you at one time. Uh, you can do just about anything you want to do, and, and Lord, we'll see it, and, and there will be nothing that will hold us back. The dead in Christ shall rise first, and then we're going to come up out, uh, we're going to come up in the air and meet them. And Lord, we're going to be gone. And we will be coming back shortly after that. Uh, but Lord, until, uh, until some things happen, Lord, we're going to be up in heaven with you, and and, Lord, when we come back, we'll be ruling and reigning with you and, and, and the judgments and everything else that you, uh, we occur up there and the, the treasures that we get, uh, Lord, are just icing on the cake. The, the gift, uh, Lord, was the day we got saved. And, Lord, that night on the back porch in Louisville, Kentucky, was probably the most important thing that ever happened to me in my life. Uh, Lord, I want to thank you for that. Thank you for the time and the, the, uh, the witnesses of those around me, Lord, that uh, constantly had an influence in my life. Uh, that got me to a place on a back porch where I would trust you, Lord. I just pray now that we could be that same type of a witness to this world. Lord, we may not be able to lead people to Christ uh, as frequently as we like, but Lord, we sure can be the testimony, and if they have a question, be ready to answer it. And Lord, thank you for these mysteries. As you said, the steward, we're supposed to be good stewards of the mysteries of God so that we can explain these things uh, to this world. Lord, again, thank you for letting us be here tonight. And Father, we'll praise you and honor you in Jesus' name. Amen.
Andrew, do you want to do the prayer?